Welcome to the Infinite Game. My name is Nick Hill Kathuria. I'm your host, Ben. Welcome. Thank you, Nick Hill. Ben, you're about to graduate. How old are you? 22? 22, yeah. 22. How do you feel? I feel good. I'm excited. Um, definitely ready to be done with school and ready to actually, you know, start doing real things. Yeah. Are you... Do you have anything new and exciting that you're just ready to get after? Any travel plans? Any businesses? Uh, not No travel plans yet, although those might be in the works. But yeah, I'm actually trying to start my own business right now um, called Kuiper Bespoke. Website should be up soon, kuiperbespoke.com. Check it out. But um, it's selling luxury, custom menswear like suits, pants, shirts, uh, tuxedos, things like that, um, completely custom made, and uh, yeah, trying to get this up and running before my graduation because I I've never really wanted to you know work for somebody else. Obviously, most people are gonna have to at some point in their lives, but I've always re- really wanted to be the one running the show, be the one um, you know working for for myself. When I work, I want to be working on something improving something that I own that I can directly, you know, gain off of off of making my own business better than obviously when you're working for somebody else improving their business. Yeah. You know? How did how did you develop that mindset that I need to work for myself, that there's value in paying my own bills, building my own business? Well, I'd say a couple things. I mean, one big thing I would say a lot of people are okay with being mediocre. Ooh, love that. I love that. I am not. Okay. So I don't, I'm not satisfied with just, you know, settling just being mediocre like everybody else. I, and that applies to everything in my life. That's one of the reasons I don't just want to have, you know, a regular nine to five job. I want to actually, you know, do something bigger. Okay. Yeah. Why? Why? Well, from my perspective, I don't see how someone can can be complacent just being mediocre. I mean, you only have one life. Why would you not at least want to put in as much effort as you can to be the best? That It's the only chance you get, so. If someone is happy... All they do is skateboard every day or all they do, they just go to the beach and chill and they're fine making $20,000 a year and they can survive. Is that wrong? I wouldn't say it's wrong. And like, like you said about skateboarding, if your thing is skateboarding, that's fine. But like, don't you want to be the best at skateboarding? If skateboarding is your thing, it doesn't necessarily have to be about money. I'd have bigger ambitions than just sitting on the beach all day, but if your thing, you know, if you have a thing that you like, be the best at, at that thing. So be the best at skateboarding if that's what you want to do. Okay. Yeah. So how did you land on bespoke menswear? So, I mean, I've had plenty of business ideas throughout my life. I think this one was a good thing to start with because it's something I'm definitely interested in. And also... Um, being made specifically for 
each individual person. It's a good thing to start with because it takes a smaller investment. Now, that's not because the product is any less valuable, but it's because you don't start making the product until after the customer has already put the order in. So it's not like a lot of other things where you have to buy a huge inventory before you start selling because with each order you make it individually for that customer. So it's really just one order at a time as opposed to spending an enormous amount of money on a huge inventory and then hoping that you'll be able to sell it. You're accepting prepayment when they so when they order they're paying and then you're ordering the materials and producing the product. Exactly. So who makes it? Are you like teaching yourself to sew? No, or? no, no, no. no. <laughs> I'm not the one making it. So I have tailors that I, I work with that are really good. And I mean, I'm wearing actually the pants right now that they made for me. So um, I guess the listeners can't see them, but I can tell you they're, they're nice and nickel can vouch. Yeah, they look good, dude. <laughs> so how did you meet the tailors? Where, where did you just go to random shops or you had some connections? Just um, research online and obviously looking at different products to find which ones are actually, you know, the best quality and which ones are nice. Obviously, before I start selling to people, I'm going to get the product for myself and see how it actually is because I'm not going to sell anything that's not high-end, good quality, you know. Talk me through the process of actually finding the people. It was online. Have you met these people in real life or they're somewhere else, remote? Yeah, so I haven't met them in person but talked to them on the phone. Uh, we've texted through the process of, uh, making the product and, you know, discussed how the whole business end of it would, would work out. Okay. Yeah. And how, how are you dealing with the quality? So A, what quality are you striving for? And B, how are you pricing that in so is it an extremely like high price product because the quality is so good or it's more like well, talk me we talk have, me through that we have a little bit we have different options okay so like i said it's uh totally custom made so that kind of sets where the price point is gonna be mm -hmm. um within the the custom made clothing it's definitely there are a lot that i think tend to be overpriced and I think the quality of this is better than some of the other ones for a better price. But a lot of it depends on like which fabric you're picking. Um, that makes the price fluctuate a lot. So obviously, the more expensive fabrics, if you pick the, the product at the end of the day, is going to be more expensive. And then there are less expensive options as well. Um, but they're all good quality, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So how did you learn about fabrics and, and clothing? Um, well, I've always been interested in it. I mean, it's kind of just goes along with how you present yourself. You know, I think how you present yourself is really important. I don't like to focus on just clothing alone, but you have to put a lot of work into yourself as a person. And I think that's one area of, well, if you have everything else taken care of, if you dress like a slob, you know you're not really going to be putting across the kind of person that you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think it's important to 
to dress well to reflect how you are as a person because especially when you make a first impression that's one of the first things that people look at right that and and your physique which i know you guys talk a lot about on this podcast <laughs> yeah 100 yeah. uh definitely most of the people we get on here are i'm i'm a gym bro i'm yeah. a gym rat i i love the gym i think that was one of the first things we even connected on and i do got to say you're style is fantastic thank like, you you walked in and surprised me i was like okay ben you're looking snazzy today <laughs> that's awesome how did how did you get into the gym i'm curious well i started when i was 16 because one of my friends in high school he would go to the gym and i just went because it was fun okay and i mean, immediately off the bat it was fun. well i just went with him and it was like we were just hanging out okay so it was fun doing that and then I enjoyed it, and I've been doing it ever since. I mean, not just because it's fun. I guess that's why I started doing it. But now it's like, like I said about, you know, not wanting to be mediocre. It's like I feel like each person has a duty to themselves and to everyone else in their lives to be the best version of themselves that they can be. That's one of the reasons why... I would say I would never be satisfied with mediocrity because I mean, I think that's one of the main foundations to being the best version of yourself is physically being the best version of yourself with that, with physical exertion and difficulty, hardship, that is how you build, um, you know, mental strength as well. So going to the gym or, doing martial arts, any kind, anything like that that's extremely physically challenging is just as much of a mental exercise as it is a physical one. Yeah. So how is being the best version of yourself, how is that beneficial to those who are close to you and around you? I mean, to put it simply, it's like being the best version of yourself, you're also going to be the best brother the best son, the best father, the best husband. I mean, everybody around you would benefit by you being a stronger, better person. And when I say stronger, I mean in all senses of the word. So mentally, physically, emotionally. Yeah. You know, yeah. How does that relate to discipline and mental strength, do you think? Discipline, I think, is is the real basis of this. And you need discipline, honestly, to succeed at basically anything to to be able to do that you have to to be able to you know succeed let's say in the gym for example you need to be disciplined which means you need to be able to go to go to the gym workout not just when you feel like doing it but you know when you should do it now i enjoy going but i don't enjoy going every single day um but i go not necessarily every single day. I try to shoot for about four times a week at this point. Um, but I stick to that even when I don't want to because I know it's something that I have a duty to do for myself and for everybody else. And that doesn't just apply to the gym, but it applies to anything else to, to make me the best version of myself. Personally, Alex Hermosi explains this really well, and I love to use his example. He says, you should envision that every time you go to the gym, it's going to be the absolute worst conditions. 
it's you're going to have one hour or no sleep. You're going to be absolutely mentally and emotionally drained from work. You are going to be stuck in a traffic jam and pissed off. All every single condition is going to be worst. And you envision that every day is going to be like that. That being so, it just becomes your reality and you are able to handle those conditions when they do present themselves. So what strategies did you use to push yourself to go to the gym when it was hard? Because it doesn't just happen naturally. There's some sort of mental framework that you use or something that you tell yourself that brings you to do it. Uh, Yeah, I would say a lot of it is just the way that you look at it. Because on days when I don't necessarily want to go to the gym or, um, you know, do anything that I, I know I should be doing, I think about, okay, I might, I might not want to do it right now, but when I get home, when I'm in bed tonight, am I going to feel good about what I did today? And if I don't do what I know I should do, I know that answer is going to be no, that I'm not going to be happy at the end of the day, that I'm going to be in bed and I'm going to be thinking, oh, I could have done this better today. And I would rather be uncomfortable in the moment and go to the gym and at the end of the day feel accomplished and feel like I did something and feel like I'm better off because of it than, you know, be comfortable for an hour and a half and at the end of the day feel like I I wasted my time. Do you have anything in your life that you struggle with being too comfortable with? Um, that's a tough question. I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure everybody has something, but I feel like I tend to be pretty disciplined with most things, whether it's my diet or, um, you know, my, um, going to the gym or, I mean, one thing that's been difficult right now, because I'm on the SMU rugby team and I tore my ACL about four months ago. Uh, So usually I'd be doing a lot of martial arts, combat sports, and I haven't been able to do any of that since then, obviously because of my injury. Now, I've still been able to go to the gym and recently, I think last week or the week before, I was cleared to do regular weightlifting, um, like squats and stuff on my legs. So that was the first time I've been able to do you know, full weightlifting in the gym since the injury. Yeah, I was just, you know, keeping, staying disciplined with that. But I guess it's been a while since I've been doing some of the other stuff like combat sports, things like that, that I like to do. So if there's one thing that I I would want to work on more, it would be that. But obviously, it's going to be very limited what I actually be able to do as far as not re-injuring myself. How did you deal with not pushing yourself physically, especially through your legs? Your legs, you can exert so much power and force and really make yourself feel so fucking good from a hard, a hard leg day makes you feel so goddamn good. It, it, can, it has the power to change the trajectory of your entire week. So how did you cope with not even being able to walk? Yeah, you know, I would have to say actually – the days and maybe two, three weeks following surgery, 
I was actually really happy and I felt good. Um, and that might sound weird because it's like, okay, you, you know, are a college rugby player, you go to the gym, you do martial arts, and now you can't even walk. Like, how does that feel good? But what felt good was that every single day, and I think this is a really good way to look at anything, but what felt good was that every single day I had a small victory. Mm. Like, even if it was... First, I started off with having a completely straight, immobilized leg, then being able to bend my leg to 30 degrees. That was a, a big thing, you know. And I mean, it might not sound like it, but like when you're stuck with your leg inside of a metal brace and finally you're able to bend it a little bit, I mean, it's it feels like a big deal, you know? It's not a small thing. And then being able to, you know, do one rotation or on the bike, uh, which I did that in my physical therapy, and it hurt so much that I screamed, and there were a bunch of other people in there. It was pretty funny. <laughs> I screamed pretty loud. But um, I asked my physical therapist, I was like trying to go around the bike, because you don't gain your full mobility back right away. But I was, you know, rocking my foot back and forth on the bike, trying to bend my knee and straighten it a little bit. And I was like, Hey, can I like go around the go around the whole thing, the full rotation? And he was like, I mean, I don't know if like you can if you want to, but like it's gonna hurt. <laughs> so I don't know. And I was like, okay, well now I have to do it. <laughs> so so I did. And I mean, that's the other thing. Like, and I guess this applies to really anything, but it's like I knew I wasn't gonna get injured, right? I obviously checked that first. He said it was okay to to do. I wasn't gonna hurt myself, but well. I wasn't going to injure myself, but it might hurt. Um, but yeah, it's, I was glad I did it after I did it just to be able to know I can do this. Even if it's going to hurt, I'm still able to do it. And I think that applies to any of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What in your life, what variables do you quantify to measure your wins? Um, honestly, just comparing myself to where I was the day before basically or the week before or month before or anything I mean obviously when you go from being you know athletic and strong to not being able to walk that's tough but you just have to look at the look at the situation holistically you know there's no there's no benefit in feeling sorry for yourself you just have to you know, basically just have a positive trajectory and do, there's no point in looking at it negatively, right? Nothing positive comes out of that. So if you're stuck in a bad situation like that, just, I mean, do everything that you can to, to fix that situation as soon as possible. I mean, I remember when I first injured it, I was talking to you about like nutrition wise, what would be the best diet in order to like maintain as much muscle as possible. And I was looking at all these diets online and I mentioned one to you, the 36 egg a day oh, diet. Yeah. Now that might have been that might have been a little that. bit of bro science. <laughs> but like um you know, I, I wasn't gonna do 36 eggs a day, but I was actually having like 
probably 12 eggs a day for a little while. Oh, wow. So I would, I would, sorry, and let me add raw eggs. I don't know if oh, I said that. Oh my God. Yeah. So <laughs> I would have like uh, raw eggs, probably like four at a time, mix it with a cup of milk, put it in the blender, which by the way, makes it a lot better. Add a shot of espresso and some sugar, and it's actually pretty good. <laughs> but um yeah, probably something like that, maybe like three times a day. So I don't know how much that helped, but you know, the, the recovery is actually pretty good. Like I obviously lost muscle, but I gain, I've been gaining the muscle back really quickly. Like, I mean, unless you're really paying close attention, you can't really even notice that one of my legs is a little bit bigger than the other. Yeah. Yeah. So, wait, I just have to ask, is there any other crazy diet stuff that you tried? Like, what's the wackiest thing you've done in the pursuit of gains? Mm. <laughs> that's, that's probably it. I try to stay away from most of this, like, crazy diet stuff. Yeah. Most of the time, I'm just like, you know, eat good food, eat what you want. Um, that's about it. You know, I mean, don't eat vegetable oils basically <laughs> vegetable oils are killing you exactly yeah <laughs> um but yeah i mean i like you know meat dairy products eggs all, good all the good stuff. exactly yeah. all, all the good stuff so like i was already eating it i was already drinking milk so like why not do extra you know yeah it, that can't hurt <laughs> plus you know a lot of good micronutrients in in eggs you know, in the yolks. For sure. Yeah. Even and especially that yolk is extra orange. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. ever had those super orange yolks? Yeah, if you get them from, like, the, the fresh farms. Yeah, dude. Yeah. There's this, it's like, hmm, pasture farms or something. I don't know what it's called. But, yeah, dude, I used to, back when I was first getting into cutting, I was running a lot, right? I but don't, I don't cut. I okay. Neither, <laughs> neither do I. Yeah. But this is this was during the first time I had cut. Uh, yeah, and I was following all of the crazy fitness YouTubers, and I bought Greg Doucette's cookbook. Oh yeah, and you know I'm having these massive protein ice creams. They would make me feel like absolute garbage. You oh know? really? Because you're putting like I've tried to do those recipes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just so big. And you're essentially just eating air and chemicals yeah, with all the much. artificial sweeteners. And I'd feel like shit. Yeah, I lost weight, but I didn't feel good. I remember I used to do this a lot. I would do Greek yogurt and then add cinnamon, cinnamon roll protein powder to that and mix it up. It would just be so much protein. <laughs> but it was it was really good. That one was good. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I found that I mean, if I eat good and maybe it's just me. It's a little hard for me to gain weight. But I found, especially when I'm eating good, like high quality foods without trash in them, it's really hard to gain extra weight. You know, I mean, and I think part of that is even just because it's harder to find food like that. So, I mean, it's obviously easy to gain weight if you can stop at any, you know, fast food place on the street, eat that whenever you want all the time. It's not just the trash food that you're eating, but it's also that, you know, you can, it's the availability of food. If the food is everywhere, 
you can just eat nonstop all the time and you're eating trash. But I mean, let's say like I would eat any kind of food as long as it was made of high quality ingredients, even if that's like fried chicken, but I would like get the chicken breast myself and like fry it in butter or something instead of like canola oil and um, just use good ingredients or like olive oil, something like that. But just basically just eating whatever I want as long as the ingredients are good. And obviously I'm not trying to lose weight right now, but I mean, if I were, it would be really easy because eating like this, I have to really eat a lot in order to even just maintain yeah. my weight. Dude, I think bulking and cutting is stupid anyway. Yeah. It really doesn't make any sense unless you're on steroids, and most of us aren't. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I don't really bulk or cut, but one thing that I do like to do, I'm naturally a little bit I, – I wouldn't say I'm – super lean but naturally tend to be a little bit leaner so what i like to do is during the winter i like to be a little bit bigger mm -hmm. because it makes you look bigger when you're wearing clothes yeah you know um fill out the sweatshirt exactly fill out the sweatshirt so i'll intentionally gain a little bit of weight in the winter not like you know go on a crazy bulk or something like that and then once it gets closer to the summer i don't cut but i just you know, eat my my natural appetite instead of eating a little bit extra. I mean, both ways, it's nothing extreme, but um, just kind of slight variations. So eating more my natural appetite during the summer or the spring, I tend to get a little bit leaner. And then in the winter, you know, a little bit bigger. But again, I wouldn't really say that's the way like i wouldn't say that's bulking and cutting the way most people look at it no bulking and cutting the, the way it's traditionally looked at is for lack of a better word it's it's silly and it's stupid and i'll give an example so there's kids in the gym especially in their first five years of lifting where they cut for a month or two and go hard oh, okay. and try and lose as much weight as possible yeah and then i see him and I was like, oh, you know, how's the cut going? And then they say, hey, I'm bulking, you know, and yeah. they're putting down 5,000 calories. And I did that one. So much fucking food. Yeah. And then they're saying, yeah, I'm just planning to bulk for a month and then I'm going to cut again. Yeah, I, I never so, did that. So crazy. I did one time do like a dirty bulk. That yeah. Did, yeah. But I went from probably like 155 to 170 but i was like fat at 170 <laughs> i'm still about 170 right now but i'm like decently lean right now you look good thank you but that back then that was probably like two years ago um yeah 170 at that point was like too heavy for me but right right now i think where i'm sitting it is pretty good eventually you know i want to get a, a bit bigger but um, t it takes time. Yeah. You know, you can't just gain 15 pounds like that and, and <laughs> expect it to be all muscle. Yeah, dude. I did the classic 30 pounds in three months when I was a oh, junior yeah. in high school. And, yeah, I dude, mean, if you're playing football, though, like, I don't know, maybe the football coaches want you to be bigger. Or it, it was it was because of football. Yeah. For, well, for me, it's because, okay, I needed to gain weight, especially if I'm getting in three point. I have to 
get a running start and put my face in a in a defensive lineman's like chin strap or block a middle linebacker. Yeah. So that was part of the circumstances. But yes, I put on a lot of muscle, but yeah, I also kind of got fat. Dude. Yeah. There's probably 50-50 or maybe even 60-40 towards the fat. I, I put on 12 to 15 pounds of muscle and then the rest of it was fat. And yeah, that's a lot of fat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, you can't definitely can't gain muscle anywhere near as quickly as you can gain fat. And when you're gaining that much weight, yeah, most of it's going to be fat. Not to mention the density. Like muscle is smaller and it's denser and fat expands. It's just it looks way bigger on you. Yeah. That's how I looked when I first went up to 170. If I had to look like that now, I'd probably have to go up to like 185 or something crazy like that. But yeah, I mean, honestly, maybe even more. Yeah. Because that was me gaining 15 pounds back then. And now I feel like since I have a little bit more muscle, if I wanted to look like that, I'd probably maybe have to gain even more. Maybe go up to like 190 and I'm not going to do that. Anytime soon, so let's see, big boy Ben. Yeah, no thanks, powerlifter Ben, bro. Yeah, you're gonna be deadlifting 600 pounds. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> I suck at deadlifting. Yeah, that's okay. You'll you'll get there. That's deadlifting is my bad lift. <laughs> my other two are pretty good. At least my squat was good before my injury, but we're getting back up there. Yeah, I really think there's a there's a lot of value in what you said about diet. I hold very similar beliefs. That especially when you're natural, just follow your your natural hunger. And if you're too skinny, then just eat a little bit more. Yeah. And if you're I find too that fat, a lot of eat like, a little bit less. Yeah, exactly. With a lot of like younger guys, are there a lot of them that tend to be a bit skinny? It can be hard for them to gain weight, but they really just have to eat more. Like I hear a lot of these guys saying like, "Oh, I eat so much, and like I can never gain any weight." And it's like, okay, maybe you do, but like you still have to eat more. And if that means just like, I don't know, I would just drink like a bunch of milk all the time. Mm, and that's like chocolate milk. Plenty of, yeah, plenty of calories, plenty of protein, you know, um, just an easy way to get liquid calories. Yeah. The thing is, though, most of these guys never actually eat a lot because I've, this is my experience. Yeah, There's no, that's four to true. five people who have said, man, I eat so much and then I'll go and have a meal with them and I'm finishing half their plate. Yeah. And I'm not even bulking, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was like, dude, you don't eat anything. No, I was thinking that too. A lot of people say they, they eat a lot and they don't at all. And also vice versa. There are a lot of people who say, oh... I don't even eat that much, but I'm 300 pounds. <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, I don't think that's possible. It's not. Yeah. 